links rely on partnerships and the amazing work of so many organizations and leaders to achieve our collective community goals. I hold dear the bonds of friendship. We are friends transforming communities through service. implement transformative programs that address the most critical needs of underserved communities. Welcome to LinkedIn Impact with the Arlington Links, a podcast which transforms our community by highlighting the issues, resources, and leaders that you need to know. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Linked in Impact with the Arlington, Virginia chapter of the Links Incorporated. My name is Krista Jones, and I'm excited to host this podcast produced by the Arlington, Virginia chapter of the Links Incorporated. I recently attended the Black Women's Roundtable Women of Power Summit. The summit brought together advocates from around the world to learn, share, empower, and strategize. While the event boasts an amazing lineup of A-list speakers and congressional and White House visits, the theme was much deeper. The organizers implored us to do the following, reset, rejuvenate, reimagine, resist, and act. These ideas made me an active participant. Instead of just listening to the information, I saw myself in my own journey in our collective movement of sisters. A theme that runs through those ideas is self-care. We all define self-care differently, and that is truly the beauty of it. I know for myself, I cannot reset, rejuvenate, reimagine, resist, and act unless I first take care of myself. One way we can take care of ourselves is our physical health, and that includes taking care of the largest organ of our body, our skin. Today, I have with me Dr. Yolanda Holmes, who is a respected and board-certified dermatologist and surgeon who's been providing expert care to patients throughout the Washington, D.C. area for many years. I hope you enjoy this conversation and take a moment to think about how you can do better with caring for yourself. Enjoy the conversation. So, Yolanda, can you talk about basically what a dermatologist does? So, a dermatologist is a physician who treats diseases of the hair, skin, and nails. And there's some other, you know, specialties that treat, like, for instance, podiatrists also treat feet and nails, hairstylists and trichologists treat hair. So, but we do those things as well. We treat diseases of those three areas. And what are the four most common things you see in your practice? By far, the most common is acne and acne is now a disease of all ages. So we see adults with acne in addition to children. When I thought about acne growing up, I thought it was a disease of teenagers, but now I see a lot of adults with acne in my practice and some of them are more mature adults. So we're not sure the causes of acne, but they may be multifactorial. It was believed at first that diet did not play a role, but now we know that diet is important in causing acne. So we do encourage folks to 
have healthier diets, less processed foods, less dairy, less eggs. So a healthier diet helps to control acne. The other thing that I see commonly, especially this time of year, is eczema. And I'm not sure if people are aware of what eczema is, but it is an itchy rash and it can affect any part of the body. It tends to flare and it will resolve. It can flare it at any time. Sometimes an eczematous eruption can be an allergic reaction to something. So eczema is something that I see very commonly. Many of the patients that suffer from it have allergies or asthma or their family members have those as well. The Another common thing that I see, especially in people of color, is seborrheic dermatitis, and that's flaking and scaling of the scalp and the face. And many times as people of color, if we see something scaly, we say it's dry, we want to put oils and things, but seborrheic dermatitis can also be an oily condition where the flakes and the scales are oily. So just using oils and things don't always cure it. We usually have to um, add some type of anti-inflammatory medicine because it is a rapid production of the inflammatory cells of the of the skin. And also we do add an antifungal sometime because we do know that there's a fungal component. The other things that we see commonly are allergic reactions, which I talked about, and we treat those with topical steroid creams and things, and sometimes prednisone. One of the things that we also do, we also do skin surgery. So we remove a lot of moles and cysts and things that people refer to as skin tags. So we see a lot of those in our practice as well. I know a question that I'm sure you probably get a lot is, do Black patients get skin cancer? Yes, they do. And many times by the time the skin cancer is diagnosed, it is much more advanced. People of color tend to get skin cancers in non-sun exposed areas. So they don't realize that it is a cancer. And we think because we have brown skin that we can't get skin cancer, but we can. It is very, very rare, but I have seen several cases in my career Usually the skin cancers that occur in people of color are on non-sun exposed areas like the palms and the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. I've seen a few on the face, but especially the more serious ones are the ones that are located on the palms and the soles, and that's a melanoma. And if a melanoma is not detected early, it can metastasize and it can result in death if not treated. I do encourage patients to wear sunscreens because even though we're not as risk for skin cancer, the sun ages our skin and puts dark spots on our skin. I'm just kind of curious. This is my own personal issue. So I am from Florida. Uh, about 18 months ago, I, I was in Florida and I went to the beach. I did not, did I not? I was there early in the morning, early. So mm -hmm. the sun wasn't really out. So that, of course, that's deceiving, right? Right, that's but deceiving. <laughs> my skin was like a, a few darker shades for several months. I don't know. And I, I mean, and obviously I learned my lesson and I should have learned my lesson a long time ago about, you know, just being much more careful about wearing a hat and sunscreen and just really being protected. But well, how does that happen? I think most people generally think that if they, they do get a quote unquote tan, it goes away at least after a few weeks. What, how can that happen over the course of like months? 
We see you can get, if you have repeated sun exposure, you can get what's called permanent skin darkening. So mm. that's why it's really important that you wear sunscreens because people who are repeatedly exposed to the skin without protection, they, they will notice over time that their skin gets darker. People who have outdoor jobs or play sports with no protection, their skin will become thick, dark, and they're susceptible to other conditions because of the condition of their skin. So it's important that you wear the sunscreen and not only that you apply it once, but you apply it. If you're going to be an intense sun, you should reapply it every couple of hours or when you're in and out of the water, if you're going to the beach. Excellent. And so I know another question that you probably get a lot is about hair loss. I think that we see that. We, we seem to definitely see those people get older, definitely with different hairstyles, with braids and things like that. But what are some of the things that you see with Black women in hair loss? Well, you know, I see quite a bit of hair loss and we're trying to educate people to take better care of their hair and scalp. Seborrheic dermatitis that we talked about, it can also affect the face, but the scalp can be very scaly, very itchy, and it's an inflammatory condition. And we know that inflammation can lead to hair loss. So if it's not treated, many times people will come and say their hair is shedding, they're having all this flaking. So it's important to have that condition treated as well. And alopecia areata is a condition where patients have round spots of hair loss. They're just circular and round. They just appear out of nowhere. Patients, a lot of times, don't know they have them. And then they go to their stylist or a family member or a friend will say, oh, I see this bald spot in your hair. Where did it come from? So it, it has no symptoms. It just appears. The cause is really unknown. Sometimes it can be associated with increased stress, but that has not been proven. But that is something that we see pretty commonly. Most times people's hair will grow back. However, I have seen instances where it continued to spread and the patient lost all of their hair, all of their scalp hair, and even sometimes all of their body hair. Another one that we see more commonly is androgenetic alopecia, which is female pattern baldness. And that is typically genetic. The baldness tends to start like at the frontal scalp, you know, the hairline and at the middle of the scalp. And most people will tell you, oh, yes, I do have family members that have similar, especially women that have similar hair loss. It's analogous to male pattern hair loss, but it occurs in females and it tends to be more progressive after menopause. So the other one that's pretty common and something that I think we could probably prevent is traction alopecia, where we have tight braids and weaves. If you see patients that have tight braids at their hairline or ponytails that are so tight, that can lead to hair loss. And if it is repeated, it could be permanent. I see a lot of adults that have permanent hair loss from tightly braided styles or even weaves and things that were very uncomfortable, but they were allowed to stay in for periods of time. Another one, which is a new interesting one, well, it's not new, it's been around for years, but we tend, tended since I've been in practice to put more emphasis on this because we didn't really know about it when I first started practicing, but it's, it's called CCCA, three C's in an A. The C's stand for central, centripetal, cicatricial alopecia. So central, which means it's the center of the scalp, centripetal, which means it spreads outward, cicatricial, which means scarring. 
And patients years ago would go to a dermatologist and say, I'm losing my hair. Well, the doctors would look at their scalp, their scalp looked normal. They said, I don't see anything wrong with your hair. They sent them away. Well, three or four years later, these people came back and they were bald in the area. And this is something right around the time I started practicing about 20 years ago that they encourage us. They said, we have to see what's going on with this condition because it primarily affects women of color. So we started doing biopsies on the scalps of these patients. And we found out that there was an inflammation going on on the scalp that really wasn't visible to the eye. Inflammation is usually red, it's usually swollen, but these areas of the scalp look normal. So unless you do a biopsy, you would not know that that was going on. And uncontrolled inflammation can lead to hair loss and it can be chronic if not treated. So nowadays we encourage patients with any type of hair loss to come in quickly so we can make the diagnosis, so we can start treatment. We recently, over the last couple of years, found out that this condition, CCCA, is associated with a gene that's found in women of African descent. So it's, we always kind of believe that people are doing things harmful to their hair, like straight, first they thought it was straightening, and then they thought it was perms, and then they thought it was tight weaves and braids. And we do think that those things contribute to it. But we now also know that there is a genetic propensity to have it because the gene is found in women of color, women of African descent. So we encourage folks with any type of hair loss to see a dermatologist because the earlier you start treatment, the less likely you are to have permanent hair loss. And speaking, just, I'm just kind of curious if you know much about, you know, there's been a lot more talk lately. I think there's some, maybe some class action lawsuits about relaxers and the connection to, I think, ovarian cancer, other cancers. Do you know much about that? I don't know a whole lot about it. And I plan to do some research about it because I'm not sure that it is a causative factor. However, in legal cases, it's if it's an association and they can't prove that it's not. Women of color tend to have more fibroids and they tend to have cancers that more that may not be treated that could be malignant. So I'm not really sure about that, but I will do some research and I will follow up with you on that because I do get that question quite. Thank you. So lastly, you know, I know cosmetic dermatology is part of the work that you do as well. What are some of the cosmetic services that people of color utilize often? Well, we facials are something that everybody likes because it gives your skin a nice glow. Chemical peels are popular. Chemical peels are used to treat acne and dark spots. So that's very common with people with brown skin because when we have an injury to our skin, if it becomes red or inflamed, many times when the lesions heal, they leave dark spots, which can be very troubling. We also do laser hair removal. There are certain lasers that are better for darker skin, you know, because our skin is very sensitive to some of the wavelengths of laser. So it's always important to know if you're going to have laser treatment, is it a laser that can be used safely in dark skin? We also people of color tend not to have a lot of wrinkles, but sometimes uh, I get people who are uh, concerned about their forehead. They have lines on their forehead and they say sometimes it makes them look like they're mad and they're not. So we do neurotoxins like Botox 
or a duvet to kind of treat those wrinkles. If you have little lines around your eyes, you could treat those there. Like I said, it's much more popular in lighter skin individuals because their skin tends to have more what we call rhytides or wrinkles in our skin. But one of the places where we age is our nasolabial folds. And that's the area that runs from our nose to our mouth. So as we tend to age those, and not just us, but that's what we see more in brown skin is we see those folds getting deeper. So we do fillers and things to fill those areas or any defect in the skin. So some of those are some of the most popular things that I see among my people of color. Very interesting. Well, thank you so much, Alonda, for chatting with us today. Um, we appreciate all of your advice. Okay, well, thank you. And thanks so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Yolanda and that it inspired you to think just a little differently about your skin. But don't stop there. Expand all of your self-care routines and think about how you can reset, rejuvenate, reimagine, resist, and act for yourself and your community. For more information on the Arlington, Virginia chapter of the Links Incorporated, please visit our website at arlingtonlinksinc.org and follow us on social media at Arlington Links.